everyone. Welcome back to Take It to the House. My name is Cody. Taylor's off today, so just a solo recap as we come back into the swing of things. We apologize for the radio silence the past two weeks as we took care of a sensitive issue close to us. I'm excited to be back in front of the mic, and I'm ready to run through the week with you. Taylor and I did pretty well on our locks and close games for week seven. But y'all didn't get to hear them, so we'll approach this week a little bit different. One of the forms of rankings that Taylor and I do every year is predicting the hot seat level for each head coach in the NFL. It's one of 32 jobs in the world that only allow 17 chances for success on an annual basis. It can overtake all aspects of your life to generate even the smallest amount of success. We've heard stories of coaches that get to see their families maybe once or twice a week due to the sheer amount of film and strategy necessary to claim victory each week in the NFL. There are circumstances that allow coaches a grace year, so to speak. New hires, roster turnover, franchise rebuilds, all can provide a certain level of leniency with lacking results. There are a few of these situations that we title others receiving votes. We got our eye on them, but we ultimately expect these guys to be back next season. Starting off in our others receiving votes is going to involve Houston Texans traveling to Arizona to face a Cardinals team with two familiar faces. Houston is now 1-6 with another loss to Arizona. Now most of the country, including maybe even most of Houston, expected Arizona to come away with this win. Taylor and I certainly locked it up for this weekend. And sorry Houston, that sucked to see for you. Going against two of the best pieces of talent your franchise has held, certainly in the past decade, with DeAndre Hopkins at wide receiver and J.J. Watt on your defense. Now on the opposing sideline in a matchup that you had to deal with this past weekend. Coley should be fine. We expected this season to be something similar to what we're currently witnessing. I believe the real news worth talking about this season for the Texans may involve a trade later this week. More on that in a second. Robert Sales, New York Jets are now 1-5 after what appears to be another annual loss to Bill Belichick and the Patriots. The New York Jets head coach had a great tenure in San Francisco, helping to build one of the defenses that would represent the NFC in the Super Bowl two years ago against the Chiefs. Now, they ultimately lost against the Chiefs in that matchup, but the success that Robert Salat was able to generate in San Francisco ultimately secured his new position in New York. Since then, things have not been so glamorous. And now we have Zach Wilson out for what appears to be two to four years with a PCL strain. Hopefully things don't expand further than that. I ultimately believe Salah is not making this team any worse at the moment. There's nothing too much really to cover here in terms of a hot seat, but we'll keep an eye on it going forward. Nick Casario's Eagles earned their fifth loss in his first campaign even after garbage time performance in Las Vegas. This is one of those roster turnovers that we mentioned, on top of being a new hire. I really believe more of the issues may rest in the administrative offices than in the film room. Casario is likely to return next season, but predicting the employment of the head coaches in Philly has been a difficult ask over the past decade. Moving to Miami, they are now 1-6 after yet another loss to a team in Atlanta. The Dolphins' current margin of victory is a negative 11.4, according to TeamRankings.com. Sure, inconsistency at the QB position this season has been an issue early on, 
And maybe that could have be solved in the coming week if the reports are true concerning Deshaun Watson. But that defense, which surprised us last year, even after Minka Fitzpatrick was sent to Pittsburgh, has become a punching bag for offensive play callers this season. There hasn't been many impressive moments under Coach Flores' campaign. And perhaps a midseason acquisition of a superstar like Watson is the last-ditch effort to reshape what remains of his time in Miami. In Cleveland, the Broncos lose to the Browns on Thursday night football and continue to remain at the bottom of the AFC West. Taylor picked the Broncos to win this game, and so we'll follow up on that later this week. But currently, the Broncos are leading the league in 49 penalties on defense. Another one on Thursday night against a team with about 30 players on their injury report that was continued to be added to during this game. Kevin Stefanski and the Browns had nothing fancy to throw at the Broncos other than some of the most beautiful run blocking we've seen since the pass heavy league was realized in the late 2000s. Teddy Bridgewater cannot find traction in Pat Shermer's offense. And we already saw what Drew Locke looks like leading this offense last season. McVangio built an incredible defense in Chicago before accepting the top spot in Denver, but since his arrival, a loaded roster has presented underachieving results. With a division that is growing stronger with each passing draft, the Denver administration really cannot let this decision linger too long. Fangio might be returning to the coordinator booth next season, but it'll most likely be in a location other than the Rocky Mountains. Moving to another one of the locks that we secured, yet it's still unfortunate to see, was Washington losing another one to Green Bay. This was a lot closer than a lot of folks realized, but mistakes are the only constant in Ron Rivera's crew this season. This team has no identity. They are playing from behind all the time because they are dead last, 32nd ranked defense, allowing six or more yards per play. That's a first down every two plays. On offense, they can't seem to get any real traction when the defense has an answer for their wide receiver, Terry McLaurin. And with Antonio Gibson struggling with injuries, though J.D. McKissick has stepped into his place, Logan Thomas being out also doesn't help, requiring yet another player in Ricky Seals-Jones to step into his place. Ultimately, Taylor Heineke is just not their guy, and I'm anxious to see if Fitzpatrick can return some air to the lungs of this team upon healing his injuries later this season. Moving to what I believe most of the city of Chicago expect to hear from in terms of a coaching hot seat, the Bears lost to Tampa Bay this past weekend. Yet another abysmal performance by the Bears offense this season as they fall 38-3. They are now ranked dead last in total offense for the season. I believe Nagy has all but signed his walking papers after this one. We should expect to see a press release from the Bears before season's end surrounding their next move at head coach. And on another note, I believe there is real concern about the future of this franchise being in the hands of their rookie quarterback, Justin Fields. We won't truly know until we apply a new face to that head coaching position, but there's next to nothing to like about the offense in Chicago at the moment with Fields at the helm. Moving to the matchup that happened in SoFi Stadium this past weekend against the Los Angeles Rams, Detroit notched their seventh loss this season and continued their winless campaign. And man, that was a lot closer than we all thought it would be. Before the game, there was an unreal 15 and a half point spread in favor of Los Angeles. 
And I really expected a big game from Henderson here. With the Rams expected to be up early, we expected a slow trudging defense to be dealing with the run game. But so did the Lions, apparently. However, luckily for the Rams, they have a guy named Cooper Cup that appears to be the shoe-in for a steal of the year in terms of fantasy football leagues everywhere. The situation is starting to become real difficult to predict or understand for Detroit. This team fights well against teams that far outmatch their roster talent, and Dan Campbell brings everything he's got every week. We saw fake punts, fourth down trick plays, and both had effect. And there was plenty of revenge incentive for this game after the quarterback swap completed by these two teams last offseason, involving Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff, both of whom reached great heights during their tenure with their previous teams. But I don't know when or how Dan Campbell can ask any more of this roster. I hope to see this team get a win, but I can't expect more than one or two for their total this season. And where does that leave Coach Campbell in terms of the club's satisfaction with this performance after his first year? But moving on to some of the misses that Taylor and I had this past weekend, and starting off with what was a rather surprising and very encouraging win for Joe Judge. The New York Giants won over Carolina, as Carolina continues to deceive us after such a strong start. Joe Judge and the Giants got a much-needed win while the Panthers continue their losing streak. They are now 3-4. and four after starting 3-0. Matt Rule is the head of this offense, and it just looks out of sorts. I believe he still has time to improve this club after the season, so there's no real hot seat implications here. But that may be reserved for the quarterback position, as Sam Darnold continues to play under expectations once more. Joe Judge has a little bit more incentive applied to his name, so this is a good grab for their win column. Moving on to Baltimore, where there was an AFC North showdown between the top two teams in that division, we all expected Baltimore to come away with a win against Cincinnati. Baltimore has been red hot, and they look to have this win easily accessible, but Jamar Chase was just a game-breaker this game. At one point, he breaks out of a two-man tackle in the third quarter for a 60-yard touchdown, giving a two-score lead to the Bengals. Eight receptions, 201 yards, and a touchdown. Burrow seems to be progressing this guy a lot faster than anyone thought. He seems to know how to express what he needs from this guy in this offense after spending a year ahead of time before Jamar Chase's arrival. I condemn this pick during the draft in favor of an O-line upgrade like Panayas Sewell, and I still think they can improve here. But this is not as much of a miss as we were being led to believe in the preseason. Overall, Cincinnati has a nice foundation with their three pillars on offense between Mixon, Burrow, and Chase that so many teams in the league continue to search for every year. And there's still room to improve. There could be difficult times ahead in the AFC North as this division continues to appear as one of the most well-rounded in terms of competition year over year. On the Ravens' side of the ball, I really believe this game is a game that they can wipe away and learn from. Bengals are the number four defense. They planned really well for Lamar considering they get to see him twice a year. This is a great film to learn from for Baltimore because they've been so hot since week two following their opening season loss against the Raiders. I expect a good bounce back for this team in week nine after their bye next week. But congratulations to the Bengals. For now, your AFC North leader. Our final miss involves two teams, one of whom we continue to underestimate and one of whom I believe everybody continues to overestimate. 
Kansas City lost to Tennessee. This game was impressive for the Titans, but I am really unsure of how much of an accomplishment it is beating the reigning AFC Super Bowl representatives anymore. Defensives seem to have found previously unrecognizable patterns in Mahomes' throws, and they can now apply more aggressive coverages to the talents even to the level of Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill, their number one and number two targets at tight end and wide receiver. Mahomes led the league in 2020 for dropped interceptions with 19. This wasn't necessarily an indicator of his errors because the Chiefs obviously love throwing a lot. So he is going to present more opportunities naturally to be in that category. But bad luck, poor karma, or as we call it in analytics, positive regression has come for number 15. He currently has a league-leading nine interceptions and is on pace for a total of 23 this season. Positive regression simply implies a rule of standard deviation and a return to the mean, or average. In this case, if a player drops fewer interceptions than a collected history of a 20-plus year average, we can apply a vote of confidence that pattern will be reinstated at some point. One of the tricky parts of sports analytics is predicting the exact moment of that return. This is why Derrick Henry maybe wasn't the most unanimous number one ranked player in fantasy football drafts, even though he is on pace for one of the most impressive three-year runs by a running back in the history of the NFL. One day, the train will have to come to a stop. The data says so. Although we haven't learned our lesson on underestimation, considering there's a senior citizen leading the league in passing yardage down in Tampa Bay. Anyway, the Chiefs have lost their efficiency on offense. Teams are no longer scared of that offense because they know Kansas City defense can transform any opposition into a highly effective counterattack, able to keep pace with Andy Reid. The idea that Kansas City could be on the outside looking in for this year's playoffs is very possible, even with the expanded playoff structure. They currently rest tied at the bottom of the AFC West, 11th in conference standings, and perhaps we could see this team make some serious moves before the November 2nd trade deadline. But now with Patrick Mahomes expected to miss next week's matchup, a move like that better come sooner than later. That covers our hot seat check-ins and bad beats for week seven. We're working to improve our midweek show to cover a more in-depth breakdown of the NFL power rankings and storylines as we race toward the November 2nd trade deadline. Please feel free to reach out to us on Instagram and add notifications to your podcast platform to follow us every step of the way. For Take It to the House, my name is Cody Simmons. Enjoy your night. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you later this week.